I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time to recognize you, you sausage-loving genius. For without you, how would we know that Eckridge smoked sausage can be eaten thrice in one day and that you can take your lunch break before noon? Mm-hmm. Here's to you, Eckridge smoked sausage. You do you. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We do as as wrestling fans and, and how we support professional wrestling. And again, when we get to Brian here, we're going we're gonna to continue our conversation because this is exactly what I think fans are looking for in, in wrestling right now. And I think that when it comes down to it, with wrestling right now, we are in an age where it's just such rarefied air. And I'm just bringing Brian back on right now. Oh, there it is. It sounds like we're in a uh, tunnel. Oh, there he is. He's calling me now. Ah, jeez. Gotta love technology. Jeez. Uh, Let me tell him to try again. Okay. But yeah, we were talking about, you know, passion and how all of these things play out. And God knows, wrestling just drives us insane, doesn't it? We talk about eye for an eye. It's it's one of those things where when when Ricky Morton was was getting his face grinded in, we're like, good God, how would they do that? How in the world? How the hell? And then we have, you know, these these things that happen. And it's insane. I I would tell you this. Wrestling has seen a lot of ups and downs. You know, we've seen, um, you know, we've seen positives when it comes down to, we've seen positives when it comes down to wrestling matches like AJ Styles and Matt Riddle. Great matchup. But we've seen negatives like the Swamp Fight. Even though I liked how it ended with, with The Fiend, I felt like there was something missing from that. And I'm just restarting my Skype here so I can make sure we get Brian back on the line because I hate when we lose momentum. That's always frustrating. All right, Skype. Cooperate, Skype. It's time for you to play ball. And let's see here. Oh, we're in Skype one more time. Let's see if we can bring him back in here. Oh, it's ringing. You hear the music and tell 
side. There he is. We got Brian back. Sorry, you back? I'm sorry about that, man. I don't know what the hell happened. You big. I jinxed us. I jinxed us with the freaking Skype comment. That might have been the most, the greatest, like, vocal track I've laid down ever. I got to tell you what, and I'm going to put you back in it because this is probably one of my favorite segments we've done in a good amount of time. You were talking about Ricky Morton, and when Flair did his knee to the back of his head and busted his nose and made it look like it damn near exploded on the ground. And I'm going to give it back to you here in just a second, but damn if that didn't remind me, as corny, as crappy as it looked, it reminded me of when Seth put Ray into the steps the first time. Not the second time, not the eye for an eye match, but when he did it the first time, tell me if that didn't make you think, good God, they'll never do that again. Ah, uh, you're talking about the one where you get the blood coming down? Yeah, where you get the blood, not where you get the fake eyeball, because there was no winning <laughs> the, the, that situation, by the way. There was no well, winning. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they never should have done it, especially using a look to be like a fishing bobber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. glad that they didn't do the CGI thing, because that would have just been stupid. Yeah, well, you know, I, I can't believe you couldn't call out to Hollywood and get a fake eyeball shipped in there. But, well, it's not like I mean, they've got the writers. They just can't get the makeup. Yeah. Or or better yet, just don't do some stupid concept like that that you know you're never going to be able to cash in on to begin right. with. Right. So, I mean, because ultimately that immediately turned into, oh, Ray's been rushed to the hospital, but the doctor has informed us that the eyeball can be put back in socket. We're so blessed. God yes, bless Ray well, Mysterio. We know this. <laughs> However... <laughs> I think it would be so – I don't think it's designed to take a steel steps to the eyeball to be popped out and then all that grabbing and all and not lose, you know, something. So anyway, so screw that. So I guess the first one would kind of remind me of um, some stuff they that would used to happen. Yeah. You know, in pro wrestling like that. Um which, you know, I guess it's cool that they take that, that they, they try to take that step. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, A for effort on the first one. The second one was just that it never should have been, never should have been done. Because um, you're right, there, there's no real good way to end this and make it look good. So, um However, while we are on the topic of Extreme Rules, though, you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, I would like to also tip my hat to the WWE for putting on a very solid pay-per-view, except for the endings of the matches. Okay. Okay. So, A for effort for everything but the endings. So we'll we'll take the Rey Mysterio one. That I uh, was that was <laughs> I thought the match was good. I thought the way you ended it was terrible. Uh, Oscar and Sasha thought the match was great, but the way you ended it was absolutely terrible. Because he, he here's the thing. So one of my biggest problems with the WWE is they like to keep insulting my intelligence. Mm-hmm. Right. So unless 
Bailey is an officially sanctioned WWE referee on the side. I don't care if she's never ref before, but if she's a card-carrying member of whatever little group or union that referees belong to, she can't officiate the match, right? Mm-hmm. So any fan worked his weight in salt, and probably even the little five-year-olds are going to know that ending was dumb because it's not going to stand. Only then turn around Monday night and do whatever you did. Which, by the there way, are, there, stupid as well. Yeah, but, well, see, I didn't watch Monday. I, I, I saw that Stephanie then announced a match or whatever. So, but there are a million different ways to end that match to make uh, Sasha look like a big old heel, mm-hmm. which what you're trying to do with her, to make Asuka still retain a level of credibility to knock the ref out, to have Bailey get involved, to have Kyrie get involved. There's a million ways you can do that, ladies and gentlemen, without insulting your fans' intelligence. And you may have seen why people start to turn the channel. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time you've heard it from me. It's not the first time you've heard it from me. This is a prime example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins, I don't – so I never would have bought into the somebody's going to lose an eye thing because at 47 years old, I would know that there's no athletic commission in the world that would allow that to happen. I know there's no wrestler in the world that's like literally going to be like, man, I'll sign up and take a chance. My eyeball gets popped out. Even if I want to believe kayfabe or not, Mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I know it's, I know like it's not a legit one, but okay. I can suspend disbelief as long as you make it look good. And up until the eyeball popping out, I thought, I thought I, I believed it. I thought it was a good match. I felt like but, with with that they painted themselves into a corner. There was no winning that situation. Sure. No, absolutely no winning. Because again, it's a stipulation you know for a fact you cannot cash in on. Well, you it, know, it can't be done. You remember what I used to say about ECW? We all loved ECW, right? We all loved ECW and the extreme rules stuff that they would do. But what did I always say? Sooner or later, somebody's going to say, "Hey, I'm going to kill you." And it's going to be an actual death match. Because it wasn't only going to go, but so far. And literally, that's what we saw with eye for an eye. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm going to take your eye out. You're what? <laughs> Have we all gone mad? <laughs> it's just, it's not possible. No, and then, so then, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two terrible endings. But the main event. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I I almost think that this, if I were to rank the cinematic matches, mm-hmm. I think this would rank more, more towards the bottom. Yeah, if I would not agree. The bottom. I would agree. Um, I don't think it was. I mean, there were parts, I guess, that were sloppy, but there was too much of trying to do to me, like you were trying to do a movie, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, you know a wrestling match. And all the rest of them, there's action all the way through. 
Right. But this one, there's a lot of downtime. And then, the you know, especially, and this is another one, the way it ends, it, it to me, it made no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to have ultimately Braun get pulled under the water and then the fiend pop up. So what are you telling me here? Are you telling me the fiend is the world is the champion now? Or are you telling me that there's another match in the future? What are you telling me mm-hmm. by him popping up? I have no earthly clue what you're telling me, which means that everything I've just watched now literally makes no sense to. And I, maybe that's why I didn't, I didn't particularly care for the main event was that when it got to the end, the ending was so like what's going on here that everything else became tainted as well. well Th- that match, anyway. I agree. I agree because I, I think out of the three of us, I'm probably the the biggest Bray Wyatt fan. Maybe not. I don't know. We might all be tied because we're all pretty well supporters of Bray Wyatt. But here's the thing: from the beginning with the Fiend and with the layout that they've done for this guy. We've all said you've got to do something that's scary with him all the time. You got to keep him moving, and they've screwed it up and screwed it up, and they've rebuilt it and done all right. But with the cinematics, it's right up his alley. So I was okay with that. I was like, all right, this is fine, and I really liked what they did with Alexa Bliss. I liked that. But you get to the point where you've got, all right, how do we end this move? How do we end this segment? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the question marks are, are, are all up in the air, and you can tell, literally, no one is in the writer's room with Vince saying, and this is how it ends. Right. Because there, no one had any idea. And then when they did the thing, just like you talked about, where, you know, the, the Fiend comes up, pulls Braun under, which I'm okay with. Again, I, I agree with Brian. I, I would say if, if we're ranking them, this would probably be towards the bottom, if not at the bottom of the list for all the different cinematics, but I was okay with it until they did the laughter. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's no definitive end. So much like, much like, um, shoot, uh, Oscar and, um, and Sasha, Sasha, there was no definitive end. So you're, you're right. They're, they're like, well, what do we do? What happened? What is actually going on? And then you're like, wait, no, I don't know. So what what reason do you really have to tune into SmackDown? Because that match didn't matter, right? So you don't right. really have a reason to tune in because there was no pinfall, there was no submission, and with with the stipulation, you really didn't know how a person was supposed to win or lose. It was just supposed to be a fight, I guess. And then with Sasha and and Asuka, they did they did like the, the opposite. They gave you a, a crap ending, which. I still to this day think that somebody on the uh, writing staff is just doing better drugs than I could ever find. <laughs> the the thing that just floors me is that no one is telling Vince, uh, hey, this um this sucks. This is not going to work. <laughs> and it's not to say Vince is out of touch or in touch. I don't care about that argument because I don't know that it holds water anymore. And if, and if anybody's really that bent out of shape about if Vince has lost touch... I think they're losing it, losing sight of the actual big picture, which is, what do you do now? Because as we saw on a Wednesday, you had Donovan Dijakovic, which tremendous wrestler, but he is not the guy that goes head to head with a Young Bucks match. Sorry, but it just doesn't happen that way. 
I, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know who you who you would put in that spot. Would you put a put a, a rematch with um, Cole and um, uh, I forget. I'm drawing a blank <laughs> for the for the <laughs> NXT title. Frankly, I think um, that's the only choice you would have had. You either do a rematch yeah. or you have a confrontation between a real confrontation between Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. That's what people I think would have tuned in for. I don't know that it would have turned the tide. I don't think really anything could have really swayed the viewer, you know, from what they were tu- tuning into because the the programming on TNT was just better. And that's okay. You're going to have weeks where it's just plain better. It it's how you learn. It's how you get better. This is how the WWE learned from their their beatings that they took at the hands of Eric Eric Bischoff back in the day. So I'm all yeah, right. Yeah, but with I see I don't I don't agree with the WWE learned the only thing they learned, right, was to create a few mega stars. Mm-hmm. Right? Because again, we've had this discussion. Sure. The whole thing starts with Austin. Mm-hmm. Right? If you go back and think about it cuz we've had Michaels in a singles role before then. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you had Michaels and Diesel. Yep. You'd had Brett. You'd had um, your tag teams, you know. But again, Austin is the pivot, right? Oh, and sure. I, yeah. You and this is something that Vince has now has like said he, he he's going to stop doing, mm-hmm. and I don't understand because this is what made you. You know, and put you where you are today. It's moments like Austin and 316, right? Because Austin kicked, broke, shattered that glass ceiling mm-hmm. in one night. And then you took a chance with guys like The Rock. You took a chance with McFoley. Mm-hmm. You took a chance with the Dudleys. You took a chance with Edge and Christian. You took a chance with John Cena. You took a chance with all these other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, dare I say the APA, the Undertaker. You know, you took the Undertaker down a different path. You know, but for this for this moment in wrestling history, right? You took a chance. Mm-hmm. on your company and your people. Yeah. And then when those people start to get out of control, oh, it's never going to happen again. Right. right. I'm, uh, uh, well, according to reports, mm-hmm. Vince is not going to allow that to happen again. Now, apparently Vince has recently come out and said that, well, maybe we should start growing some new superstars, mm-hmm. you know, as in in-house we should start creating these people, which maybe means that they're going to go back to the formula that worked back then, which they never should have ever gotten rid of mm-hmm. because we wouldn't be in this position because they do have quality talent. They have world-class athletes, world-class talents. But it, it's, again, it's they're going to get beat. Because they they can't get out of their own way. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and I agree with you hundred percent on that. They can't. 
they cannot get out of their own way. At least they haven't, and they haven't for some time. And I think the 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 ones that want to have the debate of who has lost touch and all of that are the ones that think that the only thing that's on their mind right now is, well, Vince is hurt because of what happened in the past. Okay, fine. Get over it. <laughs> You've got a business to run. Your business didn't close up shop due to COVID. You've still got to perform. You've still got people counting on you. You don't just turn, you know, tuck tail and run away. But that's yeah, what that's what, almost is, like what he's doing. Well, yeah, but this has gone on. Yeah, this has gone on pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Again, this has been going on for years. Sure. It's a, it's a, it's not like in the past, right? Where you where you could see the end, and it was a rapid decline. Right. This has been a very slow, slow burn. I mean, we have recorded what two of the lowest rolls ever in the last month or so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm not. I am no longer buying. Well, there's no live audience. I'm no longer buying that people need the energy and all this stuff because we have another show who is doing the exact opposite. You have a second show who is maintaining until this past week. I think this past week is probably one of the lowest ratings they've had in NXT. Probably so. But they haven't, they, they, at, when it first started, they lost. They Everybody went down for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And then they've been a steady climb, both shows, mm-hmm. since then. One show, again, just recorded fantastic numbers for them. The other one kind of fell back down. But I'm, not bu- I'm no longer buying the fans in attendance. I'm no longer buying... Um, you know, any of these other COVID arguments, there's one simple reason the show is the way it is, and that's the guy at the top. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and there's, there's reports now that say that it's even confirmed by him, you know, behind closed doors, that the system's broken. Sure, and, and it's because he lost touch. He won the war. Mm-hmm. That's when he gave up. Because he didn't have competition up until that point, right? So when he takes over in, what, the early 80s, I think, maybe late 70s, early 80s, 81, 82, whatever it was, when he takes over, right, he puts on his rain boots and he starts kicking ass. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. And it takes him a, a few years to get going. But when he finally gets going, it's an unstoppable force. Yep. Right? So it brings you WrestleMania. And look at where that's turned out. It brings you the Rumble. It brings you events like SummerSlam. (coughs) It brings you, at one time, brought you guys that could make a million-dollar T-shirt sales Mm -hmm. in a month, ladies and gentlemen. A month. It brings you a very profitable um, line of action figures, collectibles, knickknacks, whatever. Right? So this is what happens when you fight for something you want. Mm -hmm. He fought. He gave you cartoons, comics, video games, right on that line. All of them have been pretty successful. 
with the exception of 2K20. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so he, he fought, right? At first, he, didn't ha- he, he was fighting himself mm-hmm. to prove this. Right, he had all these big ideas. He wanted to pull it off, so he had to fight for him. Then you roll into the Monday Night Wars, right? At first, of course, you're going to get your ass kicked because he had never had nobody punch him in the mouth before, mm-hmm. and he didn't know what to do. So we get ideas like the brawl for all and some of this other crap, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, one day, he says, "You know what? Screw it." These guys want to do this. Let's put it in their hands. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Boom! We get the we get Austin, we get the Rock, we get Foley, we get the Undertaker to new heights. We get uh, DX. We get you know all this other stuff, and that starts to turn the tide, right? And once that tide turns, it becomes not just a war, not just a fight. It's a fight to the death, right? Right? Because at that point. You know one company is not going to survive. True is a straight-up fight. But then he wins, and then he does something very stupid. I'm going to buy that last piece of property on the Monopoly board that I've always wanted, never could get a hold of, and he buys it. Instead of just letting it lie, letting somebody else take it over, letting it limp away to come back another day. Mm -hmm. And that's when he loses everything. That's interesting. So so you're saying you think it's when he decided to buy it rather than letting someone else pick it up and see if they could dust it off kind of thing. Yes, because, again, so when he does that, Mm -hmm. right? He buys WCW. He no longer has any competition whatsoever. Right. None. Okay. So he's got nobody to feed off of. Mm-hmm. He's got nobody to springboard off of. He's got nobody to steal ideas from. He's got nobody to do nothing. He gets lazy. The, what's the first thing he does? What's the first big angle he does? The invasion. Mm-hmm. What happens? Now, again, it starts off in such a way that you could have made major money. Mm-hmm. I'm talking major money. You could have even, you, if you thought about it, you could have created another brand back then completely separate and autonomous from the WWE and you could have generated your own competition and it probably would have been successful when Shane went on there and did what he did mm-hmm. the entire wrestling world gasped right because you had us we were all on the fishing hook we all bought it hook line and sinker we all thought Shane was going to run WCW but then the invasion happens, and look what happened to that. You farted it away, and then you didn't have. To, you've done. You've done nothing since then because you got lazy. You got lazy as soon as you won, you know. Or maybe you took maybe the exhaustion from winning that fight 
when it was over, you took a breath, you sat on the couch, you popped the beer, and you just never got back up. Well, I feel like that's that's a good a good way of describing it because if you really think about it, if you really put you know just an ounce of effort in, into the thought behind what happened there, there's a lot of reason to to agree with that part because Vince Vince didn't have anything else to prove, at least not in his mind, and and I get that. Right. I, I do understand that to an extent because hey, just like you said, they had beaten. The bully, you know, they had they had beaten their adversary. They bought them, which you know I had never thought about that in that fashion. I had never really thought was that the 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 point where it really just all went south. I, I have never really thought of it like that. So that's that's entirely possible. But then you know here we are now, right? AEW is doing tremendous business, a- and you may not like them, you may love them. I'm not concerned. I personally think that AEW is a godsend for wrestling fans. It doesn't mean they're the catch-all. It just means that this is a time that, and this is where I do kind of agree with Seth Rollins, although I think he's a little deluded. It is a new kind of golden age for wrestling because of what AEW is doing. Think about all the challenges, excuse me, the challenges that AEW has faced. And I know that we're coming up here towards the end, but, you know, the thing is, AEW has had to deal with COVID-19 in a way that new businesses would typically fail with. They've had to deal with their debut episode getting really rave reviews and then seeing the ratings drop. As a new company, I don't care who your backer is, that's that's hard to deal with. But they've done it. And they've done it because they're a team. Look at how these guys interact with each other. You, whether you like the Young Bucks or don't, whether you like Cody Rhodes or hate him, you cannot deny, and this is why he says he's ungoddamn deniable, you cannot deny what he has done to the business. Because what they're doing right now is smart. Now, there's things that they can always improve with, but think about it. What company has been around for a year and made this kind of headway? Really? Mm-hmm. Is there one? I don't think so. My dad got himself. I, I mean, it's hard to say. I'm continually impressed with what they do because, not because it's better or worse. I don't care like that. I'm a wrestling fan first. So if AEW is putting on a product that's more entertaining, guess what? I watch Wednesdays live, and then I watch NXT on replay. And I'm totally cool with that because you know what? I'm still watching both. If it sucks, it sucks. And I might turn it off. I'm okay with that, too, because, you know, I'm still, at my heart, a wrestling fan. So that's what I'm looking for, is wrestling. What's going to make sense? Do the the, the hokey, corny stuff sometimes? Sure. But at the end of the day, it's still wrestling. And that's where I I feel that Vince has, has truly lost a grasp, as because he thinks that, his sports entertainment has taken the place of wrestling. And what he's forgotten is that it was only when he opened the doors to wrestling for his talent that he was able to win that war. And, and again, I, I, I've challenged you before. Mm-hmm. I'll do it again. You name me the top five greatest things he's done 
It's time to recognize you, you sausage-loving genius. For without you, how would we know that Eckridge smoked sausage can be eaten thrice in one day? And that you can take your lunch break before noon? Mm-hmm. Here's to you. Eckridge smoked sausage. You do you. Since the Monday Night War. Mm. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a good challenge. We've had that conversation before. I think that's something that we may want to go through again. Maybe a depth. Maybe that's what, you know what? I've got, I've got an idea here. I'm going to flesh it out with you offline. And then we're going to come back at this with a, with an actual survey of different ideas or things that happened. We're going to break them down and we're going to go over them. And see, okay, which ones was a Vince win, or which was a talent win? Because I think that's a valid well, when, conversation. When did when did the Monday Night War in? What what year was it? Uh, two thousand one. All right. So anything past two thousand and one? Oof. So we're gonna say two thousand and one to now. So we're just trying to cut the, the top debate five out right here. Things. I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, I really, you know, when it comes and, to top and, five, I don't know. But this is this is why I say that he again sat in the chair, he popped the beer, mm-hmm. whoo, I won, it's over, and he never got back up. Hmm. Now again, I'm not talking about a character mm-hmm. or a plot line that started in the attitude era. I'm talking about something that was created 2001 forward. Mm-hmm. That was his, that even comes close to being top five to the attitude era. And we're talking almost 20 years. So you would think there is so much stuff that's happened. Hmm. And again, this is why I say he gave up after winning the war. I think that there's a lot of room for that. I don't know that I can disagree off the top of my head. If I really had to build a position, <laughs> I would have to really do some, do some research because when I think about it, honestly, there's nothing that jumps out that says, well, this was a huge win and this was a huge win because, frankly, if you really do the math, after 2001, let's see, that's WrestleMania 17 and 18. So the first post-WCW Mania is 18, right? And that's Hogan and The Rock, which was a success. Um, But again, it wasn't designed to be. It turned into that. That was a a fan-generated thing. right? That's a moment that you'll never forget. But right. they didn't go in the back and be like, uh, well, we're going to flip Hogan and The Rock. No. Oh, I got you. Yeah. They went Yeah, they went in front of that crowd. Mm-hmm. And the crowd and flipped the them for it. And the stadium yeah. flipped them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and th- it just so happens that you have two of the greatest legends ever in The Rock and Hogan that knew, oh, we should embrace this moment and screw whatever punishment we get in the back we're gonna we're gonna go with this i wonder if i wonder if it's more along the lines of this the build-up of the monday night war for every fan regardless of what side you were on the build-up of that ending you there's nothing you could do to top that 
You can never, what, the, you can't, the way the Monday Night War ended? Well, you could top that, you know, top the ending. You could have made it better. But what was there ever going to be anything that would make us feel the same way? Sure. I, so, again, here, here's here's one of the problems. So you still had Austin a little bit after that, right? You had yep. The Rock after that. You had John Cena after that. You had DX after that. You had The Undertaker. So coming out of that, you still had a lot of your principal players, mm-hmm. right? But then somewhere along the way, that glass ceiling becomes a concrete ceiling yeah. or a metal ceiling where you just can't crash through it. See, when I think about what really created a problem or a barrier for wrestling at that time, because realistically at that time wrestling was WWF or WWE, right? I yeah. mean, you had TNA, but they were spotty. You had Ring of Honor, but they were really, well, really did, young at that time. Yeah, but at, in 2001, did you have TNA yet? I don't think you had TNA yet. No, we had... Um, I don't think they came for another year or so. Uh, WWA, the Australian promotion. So we had that. Yeah, but again, I don't think that started quite yet. Maybe. I might I have think my there time was a, on that. I think there was... Yeah, I think there was a time where it was simply the WWE. That was, like, that was it. So for me, and this is during the Monday Night War when this happened... I liken it back to when they went public. The moment you became a corporation for real. And you turned from sports entertainment and wrestling. And frankly, I don't, I don't care about the phrasing. Call it what you want, you know. But when you went from that to publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange and suddenly... You're no longer answering to yourself. You're answering to a bunch of glad-handing idiots that don't know a thing about professional wrestling or sports entertainment. They know what sells stock. They know what makes profit. But wrestling hasn't always been profit. Wrestling has always been about the underdog story. That's why people watch. I mean, that's why I watch. It's the underdog story. It's the redemption story. It's the dastardly villain. It's the, it's it's a lot of those things. But for me, it's when Vince took it public, and suddenly it. I would say that's the time where he popped the beer, to your description. Popped the beer, sat on the couch, and said, "We're good. We're golden." I think yeah. that's when it happened. But it, all right, so here's but here's my other part about the, like the sat on your laurels. Look, so forget about the disaster of that storyline, right? So you just beat your biggest competition, mm-hmm. right? And the biggest name, and no offense to him, the biggest name that you bring over is Booker T. Mm-hmm. So you have. Sting under contract, and you're letting them sit home. You have Kevin Nash under contract, you let them sit home. You have Bill Goldberg under contract, you let them sit home. And God, I forbid, forget who else, right? But you had the guys that just literally destroyed you for all those weeks, and they sat at home. 
they they didn't have the contracts, but they certainly had the opportunity to buy them. Well, yeah, but you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like no, they I couldn't have gone mean. other places. They 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 would have had. I'm pretty sure the WWE would have had first refusal on them or whatever. And they belong to the WWE. Well, and that's where, for me, I would have instantly if I was from outside looking in, I would have said, "All right, let's get Hall, let's get Nash." Let's get Hogan. Let's get him on a plane tonight, mm-hmm. and they're on TV next Monday. Because that's what? that's your war. That's your invasion. I can do you one better. I can do you one better. Madison Square Gardens. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't even bring any other WCW. Don't even advertise them. Don't put the. Booker T versus Buff Bagwell, Mac. Don't do nothing. You let it ride for several months. You don't mention their names. You don't do nothing. And everything will have been forgotten. Mm-hmm. Madison Square Gardens. Right? Austin versus McMahon, The Rock, McFold, whoever. Mm-hmm. Undertaker, Mick Foley, whatever, whatever you have back then, right? Who's not injured is what I'm talking about. The biggest match you can put on Madison Square Gardens, right at the very end, the lights go off. The spotlights go up to the top landing, not the not the rafters, not the you know. The, the catwalk. I'm talking up at the, the top row seats. And there's Sting holding that stupid buzzard again. <laughs> right? Dude. I think, wasn't it a buzzard? I think it was a buzzard. Freaking goosebumps. I hate you. Right? Oh, I, I know. That's, I'm <laughs> just sitting here, right? right. I'm just come. It doesn't say anything. He's just sitting there. You're not sitting there, but standing there with the bird. The Tron kicks on. Mm -hmm. You can do the old static. When it pops up, it's shame. I told you, Dad, I own WCW. Now I'm coming for you, much like you came for everybody else. Bam. Here comes the NWO. Mm-hmm. Destroy whoever's in the ring. Get out of there. There goes your war. Yep. You can't fight a war if you don't have your your big chess pieces. Mm-hmm. You could have had you could have had Vince out there by himself. Right? The lights go out, there's Sting. Shane says whatever. The lights come back on. Goldberg's in the ring. Vince turns around, blasted. That place would have gone ape. Did Ballistic. Vince, did Vince ever I, eat a spear? Did he ever take one? Oh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he ever I don't know if he ever took a spear. Because if Bill's um, prime, he'd have probably been killed. <laughs> no, no, be, Bill being a professional. No, no, I'm talking about Vince. <laughs> I think Vince. Would've. Oh yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think Bill could have protected him enough. But you know what I'm saying? Like uh, so, right. I'm gonna. Everybody stop. in the arena. 
I gotta what? stop you, you and this is why. You can't stop me. I got to. I got to. You can't because you know that you know what else would have happened. Everybody on their couch or their chair, or whatever, drinking beer, drinking sodas, eating nachos, they would have all shit in that one very moment. Well, at least you waited. And you could have you could have done the war, <laughs> the the or invasion. Yeah, the way it was properly supposed to be done. We, and you would have never looked back. We are oh, going to go ahead and close out, but we are going Boo. to revisit this. We are going to rebook the invasion. Uh, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. You own. You own the. You own the network. Uh, you're gonna get me killed. You realize. You realize. Fifteen that, network. That my soon to be bride minutes. is gonna kill me. Right? Fifteen minutes. <laughs> she she loves she loves wrestling too. So I mean that's love me love my wrestling like a certain. That's right. There's a certain code that that. Is in, in that it's like now in play. The the magic I mean, my wife's of what the, same way. the magic of what you've described. She knows I love wrestling. If we're being, she fair, loves wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see her rolling her eyes right now. I can really see. Oh, her. she did. She looked at me and rolled her <laughs> eyes. She's gone to enough shows. She's, oh, that's true. She's in it to win it. We we have tortured Mrs. Taylor. We have. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. <laughs> When, when, Several times. When you look at, at what the invasion went wrong, and, and Sting talks about this a lot in interviews. Why didn't you ever go to Vince? Why didn't you ever go work with Vince? And it was always relegated back to what they did to Booker T. When The Rock says, who in the blue hell are you to the to Booker T? And then he does the Thomas Jefferson sucker segment, as funny as it was. It was funny. Everybody instantly knew that WCW was the B level talent. Right. You didn't but have, again though because they didn't have the A level. Right. And again, no offense to Booker T. Right. No, I'm no, not taking anything away from Booker T. But Booker T, when you brought them in, was the biggest talent you had. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew who was sitting at home. And they every and Again, this is no slight to Booker T, but every week everybody was anticipating Hall, Nash, Hogan, Sting, mm-hmm. Goldberg, Brett, right on down the line. You know, and that's what that's what that's what, another reason why this thing was doomed to fail. And again, I honestly think that that's when the half-assing came into play. Well, one of the things that I remember about that whole situation was that there was seemingly this huge void in in just programming. You had no one to compete against, and it wasn't just that there was no Raw vs. Nitro anymore. It was literally that TNT's whole programming changed after this. Everything shifted. So... No one wanted to take a chance on a fledgling company, so you knew you had nobody coming up your on your heels. Right. There was no. But like, again, the, who's coming next? It was never that question. The a and, and the a list talent, and and dare I say it, dare I say it, Stan Grub. But let's use the MSG Madison Square Garden scenario again, mm-hmm. and this time when the lights come on. Maybe it's the NWO, and standing right there is Eric Bischoff. Oh, jeez. By this point, we and know that Bischoff considered himself burnout, a crispy critter. 
but sure, but such money. but he's not running the company. He's just talent. Mm-hmm. So some a lot of the pressure ha- comes off of him, right? That's it. You're not you're not here for any other reason but the NWO. Mm-hmm. I'll lay money that you would have flipped that audience and Vince would have become the biggest face in the company after getting an NWO beatdown because they were truly the invaders. Because you would have broadened a list from the from from WCW. The so, true A list. So Jim Ross talks about this a lot in Under the Black Hat. And he talks about how they're getting ready for the invasion. They're getting ready for the storyline. And for whatever reason, most likely financial because of the cost of buying out some of these contracts, they weren't able to secure the talent. But someone, and he doesn't name who, but someone still thought it was a good idea to try it. And Vince is like, well, these are the pieces we've got. Let's do it. So they go, and they go ahead and they put Booker T and Buff Bagwell on the main event of Raw as a a, a Nitro trial, thinking that this is going to turn into... Because remember, at this point, we were still seeing on the news sites that there was going to be a Nitro, and it was going to be on Saturdays. Right. Well, apparently in the middle of all of this, somebody brings up the idea of... and, And again, this is from... Jim Ross's own mouth, somebody comes up to him with the idea of, well, why don't we try to bring XYZ talent in? Let's see if we can buy the contract. And because of the cost, and because the company had just gone public, it was felt to be too big of a risk. Which is where I continue to go back and say, going public was a huge mistake. But doesn't Nash talk about sitting at home drawing a paycheck? Mm -hmm. He does. He was getting paid by Turner. Turner's money was still paying these guys. So they were collecting paychecks and fat paychecks. All the checks that he and uh, Scott Hall negotiated with Eric Bischoff that when the buyout happens over from uh, Time Warner, that they had no no choice but to sit on their laurels and, and do that. So why couldn't Vince have gone to Time Warner? Right? Because Ted wouldn't have had any say in this. Mm-hmm. Right? Because by then they were uh, AOL or whatever it was. Um, they they pretty much been swallowed up themselves. Mm-hmm. He could have gone to them and said, "Look, I will assume half of the cost of this contract if you sell it to me at a at a, at a rate. You will pay half, and I will pay half. I will lay money that Time Warner would have said, okay, instead of paying Nash seven million dollars or whatever it was." I'll pay him half of it, three point five. Mm-hmm. You pick up the other three point five, and he now goes works for you. I feel like if if he had just said, and when I say he, I'm talking about Vince and his in his group. If he had just said, "Let's try it. Let's just see what happens, and do it, and let it play out," we would have had opportunities for just just so much. I mean, mm-hmm. when you really think about it, it, it's it's not a lot of pieces you have to move off that board. I mean, realistically speaking, you didn't have to have, you know, the Steiners and Hall and Nash and all of that, but you needed you needed two or three. You needed right. you needed Hogan and Sting, for example. You needed 
if you could have gotten him, you needed the Macho Man. It would have been time to stop, stop with the grudges and just say, we got to do business. Because now the game has changed. Mm. Especially since you've right. gone public. Yeah. Right. But that's one thing Vince has never done. Vince loves a good grudge, right? Mm-hmm. So anybody that comes in, right? Because I, I, I can't grow my own talent. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring in other talent. But when I bring them in, I'm going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Right? Because literally, the only there are only a select few people that have ever skipped NXT. Right? That weren't buried. Mm-hmm. There were only a select few that met, that went through NXT, and when they got to uh, the main rosters, had flourished, and most of them guys are now gone. Yeah, because when they were in NXT, they were superstars, mm-hmm. and they were creating a brand. They were pushing this brand. They were making this brand what it is. And then you put them up on the main roster and you don't know what to do with them. Yeah, and I feel like there's there's a lot of uh, finger pointing that should have been done back then that didn't get done. Like, why didn't we win this sooner should have been a question that Vince asked. And Vince, Vince well, would have I, had that long talk with someone and let them go. And that's someone yeah, to me is Kevin Dunn. On the other side of the – on the other side, right? So you can't – you cannot – like not give credit where credit is due mm-hmm. to to Bischoff and the guys at WCW. Right. Right. You have to give them credit for doing what they did because they took on Goliath and they almost slayed him. Mm-hmm. But then they make the ultimate mistake and they start bringing in people they never should have let in the door. Certain backstage guys, certain in-ring talent, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what yeah. does them in. I mean, think about it. Let's say let's say Bischoff had decided, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back. Right, the NWO has run its course. We're still gonna let the Wolfpack go on we'll let a small black and white faction go on it's kind of what you need but bischoff as a character is going to take a step back Mm -hmm. going to concentrate more on keeping this thing moving in the right direction i'll show up every once in a while but for the most part i'm out right as as an on-screen talent and he just he manages to maintain certain numbers they would have had another opportunity to push the WWE again. Mm-hmm. But you bring in people that probably should have never been brought in the door and they tried to turn it into uh, WWE South. Mm-hmm. And look at what happens, right? We could have done without the ultimate warrior mm-hmm. because for much of as much of a promise as it brought you, it really fizzled out into nothing pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have done without the whole Jared Hogan thing. We could have done without Vince Russo and uh, uh, what? What's his name? Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> I'm drawing. Um, Boomer Sooner. Uh, Ed Farrar. 
and then it. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, isn't it Ed? Ed Farrar? Yep, Boomer Sooner, yes. That, that was who yeah, was. that was Oklahoma. Um, we could have done with out Dr. Death. We probably could have done without a lot of other stuff. And they would have been able to maintain and keep pushing through. And I think it would have been better in the long run if they'd stuck around. Because, again, then Vince has to keep doing what he's doing, and he can't give up. He has to keep making stars. Well, and that's uh, – back then, I wonder if, if, if there had been any – somebody to have the presence of mind to just say, hey, we need a – you know, because WCW had the power plant. Mm-hmm. Somebody needed to do that back then. Yeah, but, but WCW – always had the ability to bring in talent and let them become talent. Yeah. Let them become some major talent too. Right. So who knew little Ray Mysterio would go on to do what he did? Mm-hmm. Who knew Jericho? Who knew Chris Benoit? Who, I mean, certain ones were easy to, to see. Yeah. Right. But for like, like Chris Benoit, for a guy that had was absolutely nothing on the mic. Right. He was, he was, he's the, he's not the typical guy you want to put in the, in the championship spot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, he wasn't very charismatic. He wasn't great on the mic, but he was like the, a great wrestler. So you eventually he had no choice, but look at the guys that they at one time were letting. And, and to me, it's, it's almost like a parallel with AEW. Right. So they bring these people in and they let them be then. Right. Who knew at one time we would be screaming in an arena, the juice is loose. (laughs) Right. Remember that? Did you just quote Hoovy? Yes. And why? Because it was Hoovy. Hoovy was cool. Hoovy was fun. We got into Hoovy. You know, Mm -hmm. they, he allowed these guys in this town to become talent. And eventually, you know, even well, even when he was with the NWO, he let them grow because he understood that. And had WCW stuck around, I'm telling you, eventually they'd have had another shot at punching Vince in the mouth. Yeah. Simply if they'd kept that formula. And that's exactly what's going on today. So, Remember last week they were pretty even the numbers Mm -hmm. and I was like, Hey, this is cool because combined they're putting up numbers of raw. Yeah. Flash forward a week. And here we are. One jumps up, one starts to fall. But again, it's, if you look at like dark, right? Mm -hmm. You watch dark, you get all types of new people on there. And people you wouldn't see, but you know, eventually one of them's going to break through. Uh, what was his name? Hobbs. I think it was Hobbs. Will Hobbs. Was that it? Um, I texted about him in, in the, in the chat. You know? Oh yeah. Will Hobbs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A big guy mm-hmm. looks a little raw, but you can see potential there. And, and again, that's 
the WWE never they they don't do stuff like that. No, I think that's they, where the, I think that's where they just continue to not figure it out. Yeah, well, no, I, I take it back. At one time they did that, mm-hmm. but now they don't. Right. So again, NXT probably has forty or fifty people on their roster, all assigned to NXT, but you never see them. Yeah. Right. But yet we have people that should be on the main event roster, knocking it out to park. That don't want to go to main event roster because you're not going to let them be who they were on NXT, and that again clogs up the bottom. Yep. So Brian. We have had just a whole lot of stuff to cover tonight. We talked about Extreme Rules a little bit. We had a great interview with Mr. Michael Kingston for Headlock Comic. Again, folks, please make sure you head on down. Go down the page, if you don't mind. Scroll on down beneath the chat room there, and boom, click on the link. Donate your money right now. You've got about 24 hours. 24 hours left in the Kickstarter campaign for Tales from the Road for Headlock Comic. Uh, you can catch up with Brian at STRCP21 on the Twitter bot, Rob, at, uh, Rob Hefner C2C, myself at Stan Grubb, and C2CRadioShow.com for us. Brian, final thoughts before we head out? Don't be a bobblehead. Mm, or a springy neck. That's a new one. Springy or a springy neck, neck yeah. <laughs> yeah. So only Only you can prevent springy neck. Yeah, if, if I could steal a, a line from the great uh, uh, Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Only you can prevent springy neck. Only you. Only you. <laughs> yeah. Help your friends. Friends don't let friends be springy necks. That's right. Uh, tip your waiters yeah. so they don't become springy necks. <laughs> That'll do it for us here at C2C over at Corner to Corner. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Try to be good. Hey, to each other, get out huh? there and support Headlock Comics. And wear your damn mask, all right? Jesus. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.